Welcome to Something to Marvel About, a podcast where we discuss and dissect the week's MCU releases. My name's English Dave. I'm here with my co-hosts Raven and Rocket Mike. What's up, peeps? What up, Yo, Dave? what's up? This is a podcast where we Full created... Full sequence. Right. Oh, really title sequence. Can I, can, I just, can I just say, just hearing the title sequence, the fanfa- oh, fanfare from Marvel... You. It is so nice hearing the title sequence again. It's been so long since I've heard the Marvel. Like, it has been long, but it hasn't at the same time because I don't know. I was like, Marvel binge. Like, two weeks ago. What did you feel? Did you just stand up? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. I remember oh, years. So I remember years ago because this is not how it started, right? It was a shorter. It used to be. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it was, and then it was like, dun, it, it was like just the end part, which ends with dun, 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 dun. and then they made the long version with the sweeping mm-hmm. intro and the and the pictures and stuff. And I remember when that first came out, people were like, "Oh, it's so long. Let's get to the movie." Blah blah blah. Now I'm like, no, nah. rewind it. I want to see it twice. Want every moment. <laughs> I want to look at every frame. Every second of it. Right? Yeah. I want to pause it. I want to rewind <laughs> it. it. It now fits into all of the intro songs that we know from Paramount and Universal right. and MGM. You know, we could all sing them the same way as we do with Marvel. And yes. now it's just kind of like, this is our newest one. Like, this well, is yeah, ours now. Get oh. it. I was, I was, and I, and I remember when, when um, MCV was still in its infancy. There was many articles or video essays stating, "Oh, MCU doesn't have a familiar theme song like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, etc." And my counter argument was always, "But there's not enough time. Not enough time has passed. You're comparing to like thirty year old franchises." You know, like let it sink in first. Were they talking about the music when the movie first came out? No. Exactly. <laughs> like let it sink in. Let us watch it a thousand times. Like let that happen. Let it wash over us. And then like this past year. It was tough. Yeah. It was yeah. tough. I finally got to a point where like a couple of weeks ago where it was like, oh, I really have nothing to watch and I'm tired of it. <laughs> like, you know, I was just like fiending for a big Yeah, yeah, yeah. Release. So like, <laughs> what can I watch movie. again now? Right. Even right. if it's a horrible movie, I just want a big release, like big summer release, something that's super hyped up that I like waited a while for, even if I got to watch it at home. Right. It's just like, I felt like there, there hadn't been a movie that I'd just even been hyped about which so long or show just side note i think this is why we so like had so much rage against wonder woman 1984 it's because we <laughs> have been waiting for so long for something like this to come out like even something small that you yeah. know to us it was like fuck it i'll take another one movie i don't care yeah like yeah. and then it comes out i'm like why are you gonna fuck with me <laughs> but yeah it was, oh, it was great it, it was great to yeah. hear the fanfare i thought it was just it just felt good and mikey touched on it um, we are used to only seeing this in theaters, uh, and then seeing this on TV kind of cements that no, this is part of the MCU. As much as we'd like Agents of Shield and all those shows to be part of it, they only kind of loosely part of it. They didn't really have mm-hmm. those intros, and like I've said before, the movies would influence the shows, but the shows never influenced the movies. This is telling us right from the get go literally all connected this time don't worry guys it's the same people and so i was i was ready up for episode one the synopsis is as follows 
Wanda and Vision struggle to conceal their powers during dinner with Vision's boss and his wife. And if you guys want to know our thoughts or expectations going into this show, check out our previous podcast, our first podcast. We talk about our expectations for this show and every every show and movie coming out this year under the MCU banner. So I'm going to start with you, Mike. I'm just going to ask you, what were your quick brief thoughts on this episode, episode one specifically? Um, I, I, I knew something was going to be kind of like a leave it to beaver kind of theme. Um, I love Lucy, I dream of Jeannie kind of, you know, um, but once it started, started getting started, you know, it had more specifically kind of like the monsters kind of vibe or, mm. um, what was it? The, uh, uh bewitched, mm. you know, it was kind of like they are a, a unique family fish out of water and they're trying to hide who they really are in this, you know, very, you know, cookie cutter society that the 1950s was kind of framing how American families should be. Looking back, it was like, this was some fucking like North Korea propaganda shit, you know, but hundred <laughs> percent <laughs> now it's, it's kind of like, Oh no, no, that was the norm, you know, and this is how it should have been. And they're just going along with it, trying to fit in. Um, after that, I just kind of like, let it take, take its course you know like what do you got um i only had so much expectations but it, it exceeded my expectations so like tenfold uh i'm like it, it took like you just got to accept what's happening you know you try know, not to think about it too hard and just let it take you it's funny because after watching the episode i watched both episodes twice back to back so i watched one two then one two and on my second viewing i tweeted um Stop expecting Wonder. Stop watching Wonder Vision, waiting for the ball to drop, and just watch it for what it is. And mm. you'll realize a lot is happening than you realize. You know, like it's like one of the things like you're looking left for something, and everything's happening on the right. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those yeah. situations. And because I think a lot of people didn't believe with Marvel when they said, "No, we're going in." And also, we're not holding your hands anymore. It's been 22 movies or 23, I forget, whatever. <laughs> you know, like this show is like. Blah. You should know them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I was reading this article that said, go to a comic book store, pick up any Marvel comic, try and tell me you figure, you've realized what's going on in the first issue. You won't. Because it's like, you're just thrown right in there and you're kind of just figuring out what is going on. And, I, and also, you can tell they're committing to this as a series. So we're going to give you stuff when we mm. give you stuff. And watching it from that point of view, the second time around, made me start noticing all the, all the watching it as a sitcom of its era and really, really realizing that they really play on these tropes really well. And, and I think that's why I started to enjoy it more. Raven, what were your mm -hmm. thoughts on the first episode? Um, I really enjoyed it. Like the first episode, I think, like you guys are saying, I think it took me about midway through to kind of realize like, oh, okay, this is what's going on here. So in the beginning, I was kind of like, uh, this is going to be tough to get through. Um, you know, and then about midway through, it was like, okay, you know, and I started accepting it for what it was. Um, I used to watch a lot of the older shows like uh, Bewitched and I Love Lucy and like The Honeymooners and certain Dick shows. Dick Van Dyke. Like, I leave it to be very, yeah, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Because, um, you know, when we were younger, it was like dating myself. But, you know, at one point, it's like cartoons were only on at a certain time. So if you right. didn't go to sleep <laughs> by 9, 10, which I certainly didn't, you were up watching, you know, these kinds of shows. And, All the Nick uh, at Night. Yeah, Nick at Night, exactly. So I was up watching these types of shows. And although I didn't fully understand them then, I think I, you know, a part of me did enjoy them. 
And um, this kind of reminded me of watching Bewitched because even though it was an older show, it was nuanced at, at the time. And I felt like some of the some of the themes kind of, uh, what do you call it, stood up still now. And mm-hmm. in watching this show, it's almost as if Bewitched was made in 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like our super updated version. And, and um, I like the ideas of, you know, them having this secret to hide, but trying to fit into, you know, rural, what is it, 50s, you know, Mm -hmm. type neighborhood, but at the same time, everybody's got scandals, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I do love that side of it. Um, Yeah, and I think, I think overall, I was more entertained than I thought I would be, but it, it took a little bit, but once I accepted it as, like, this is kind of a trope of all tropes within the Marvel Universe. It's like, oh, okay, I got you. It's funny because you say entertained. I ended up being entertained in a different way than I expected to be. And I, I ended up feeling entertained almost as if I was watching a 50s sitcom. Like, yes, in that like sense, when you accept that. Yeah, like mm. I felt like the audience probably mm. felt back then. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it feel like, like parody. Right. It, was, it felt like new jokes mm-hmm. written in 1950. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. like this was all brand new to us, which it is, but mm-hmm. it also was, you know, it, the style felt old, but the jokes were new. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah, so exactly. weird how they do that, and it's kind of like, damn, this is what it felt like to right. see a brand new show back then in the, you know, yeah. with the, the, that frame exact, you know. But even little touches, like even with the visual effects, it was still old school effects when Wanda's moving everything. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't apply new effects. You know, it's like mm-hmm. old techniques with wire and and stuff like that. And I just think in the line of dialogue and, and even we'll touch on this later, just even like gender roles and expectations, you know, in the in that era in the 60s, it was like, ha ha ha. And now you're like, oh, wait, whoa, <laughs> you know, you become <laughs> kind of aware of it, but it's, it's clearly been written for people to make you aware of it. Right. And, and those little subtle touches. And then even again, upon second viewing, the many layers of people's lines of dialogue, even though it's written like 1950s speech it still means a lot to modern day MCU in a, in a double kind of meaning, which I For thought sure. was really, really well done. dropping bombs. <laughs> right? Like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, oh. wait, rewind. Did they just say that? <laughs> I think that was the point, the, the thing that was kind of annoying me though, you know, almost like in the first half was like, just spit it out, you know, like as a show, like visually yeah. spit it out. Like, What's happening? Color. Yeah. I want it all. I want all the effects <laughs> from my time now. And they're like, <laughs> you're going to wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I think part of that, right, is <laughs> this is, week on, it, and it go further is like sinking you into this world that either Wonder created or someone forced Wonder created, whatever that they're inhabiting, right, is to sink it further, further, further to kind of make it real. But I think one of the things that makes this show work from the get go for me, like literally a few minutes in, was the chemistry between Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, we've seen touches of this. It worked in the better movies. for me in the show because that was one of my biggest complaints yes. about the films. Was I felt like their relationship felt forced for mm-hmm. me, like it went from like subtle hints where I thought it was almost like a family friendship thing mm-hmm. to like whoa in Infinity Wars, you know, she's all this. I was like, Ugh. I think it's that comic book movie trope of well, it happens in the comics, so eh, it happens in the movie. And it's like, it's something it it works in very various degrees. They just assume that you know, like exactly. oh, this is how it ends up. So it's like, you know, no, they, no, they end up together. So and I completely agree with this. you. Um, I I think I agree with you, and I think they kind of redeem themselves in this. Like, yes, it was fine. We kind of you you're aware of it, 
and you kind of let it slide. It wasn't too much of an issue, but you, you kind of made note of it. But I think this time you're kind of like, I like this. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. and I think a lot to do, it's a lot to do with the fact that both actors, especially Paul Bettany, because again, he's not so like stoic and bland. He yeah. gets to like express himself. So between the two of them, and then I think she nails the, 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 the era aesthetic perfectly. I think she should do period movies. I think together she should have been in the help and like <laughs> right <laughs> movies like it. You know? But even Especially the way she seeing talks. her, yeah, I was gonna say the way she talks. Her losing her uh, Sokovian accent mm-hmm. and her going into like a, a now neutral American mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay. So obviously this is now you speaking, the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But something that I didn't recognize before is like. She had been phasing out of her Sokovian accent throughout the later mm-hmm. MCU movies, which is something that I hadn't really kind of touched into until mm-hmm. listening to her now having mm-hmm. no accent whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it did work up to it, actually. And it's funny because I was reading an article with her recently, and she said that people always comment on her accent thing, and she says there's actually a narrative purpose for it. Because Sokovia isn't a real place, they spend a lot of time with dialect coaching and, and finding the accent that worked for her American accent. And um, what's the actor that plays her brother? Shit. Pietro. Yeah. Quicksilver. Yeah, Pietro. Quicksilver. That's his <laughs> legal name. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron Taylor Johnson's British accent, finding that kind of middle ground that worked for both of them. And she said, if you remember the narrative, the first first few films, you know, after she's, she leaves Sokovia, she's in training and in hiding. And Black Widow's training her to be to have more of an American accent. Yeah, and so the, the accent is, is lost over time. And that's also really the reason why Black Widow's accent goes over time, because these are tra- people who are trying to blend in in America. That's the point. But she always says she puts a note to kind of throw in a little bit of a, her the accent in there. And I think that's, that's really interesting when people kind of think on that level. You know, they're thinking layers beyond mm-hmm. what, what you'd expect. Um, we've already talked about the opening of the show and the main plot of this first episode is the two of them kind of realizing there's a date on the calendar they can't figure what it's for but they assume it's for a special date night type thing but you realize later it is for a dinner with with mr hart viz's boss i'll never get over viz i'm sorry but uh yeah, it just makes me cringe every time. <laughs> like anything else call him anything else i call him zion or some shit zion. <laughs> Sorry. Big red, you know. Like. Or just call him V. Yeah. I'll take I'll take V of V. Yeah. You go and be home anything else. And please anything else. Um but we get a moment of vision at his job where he works as a comp- at a computational company, but he doesn't know what he does. And this is the first one of the first teases of Vision being a character who starts to kind of question or ask questions about what's going on and things like that. And with hindsight, looking at moments like that, you realize that Vision's probably going to be the one that kind of starts pulling the thread even more, is curiosity. At this point, we don't know what Vision is because he died the last time we saw him. I'm pretty sure this is actually Vision. So I think the, 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 the better question is how is he back? Not is he real? But I, th- I think we'll find out more about this as you go on. And uh, Wanda- Have you been snapped back? No, he wouldn't, because the snap, he, he wasn't he killed by the snap. He the snap, right? Yeah, he, he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't, yeah. That's Perfect. why Widow doesn't come back. Only people who would die. <laughs> Sorry, Raven. <laughs> Every Pretty time. Sure Raven was covered in Endgame, but. <laughs> um, Agnes is teaching <laughs> well, Wanda. I was, I'm sorry, pause. 
this is this is what it's all about is not <laughs> accepting reality this, 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 this is wanda's way of coping so i'm gonna dig into this later right this right is, this is, layers raven is exactly what she's going through so this see, is, like, it's relevant even this podcast because i want to create an alternate reality <laughs> black widow is back like i just can't accept it i won't i won't i skip that part of the movie every time as far as i'm concerned no, it didn't happen. he's just at home or injured when the final fight with Thanos happens. Uh, so in, in your mind the upcoming black widow movie is happening in the future not the past yeah yeah um back at home we're introduced to wanda's neighbor agnes which kind of plays again the the, one of the tropes of sitcoms i love i love Catherine hahn like well i was gonna i was gonna ask you raven that was a question i I was gonna ask you of like female comedic (laughs) actresses she's probably like maybe my favorite of this era right now i love her energy you know I just mm-hmm. she's so funny in everything she's in. I just I love her energy she's, and like something about her facial expressions, mm-hmm. like just her delivery on things is so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of her roles, if you replace her character, I can't see it being the same. Just because whether the movie is good or not, she's mm-hmm. kind of my favorite part. You know, um, she's, wh- she's great. One of the things she touches on is you know a lot of people are kind of touching on different things about Agnes um maybe she could be a villain of the series we'll go into that later she seems to be very pushy about about children with mm-hmm. with with wanda and having babies and things like that in this moment she's telling her use your seduction techniques when wanda thinks that the day it's they're getting ready for a date night you know and, and i find that very very intriguing uh especially on the idea that this this also touches on on gender roles you know look pretty for your man when she said when she said pretend to slip so he can catch you you know it really made me think of that's how people looked at gender roles all the Mm -hmm. time right men had to chase women but women had to do things to have the men chase them and that's what's expected of you um raven what do you think of just kind of the show also touching on the on these kind of issues as well um i like the show's approach because i feel like you know um you could very easily portray these tropes in a way that just feels like that's still how you feel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like if done the wrong way, then it's like the creators, this is what they think of women, you know? So I like that it's done in, in a well-balanced way where the women are kind of the strongest characters and the men kind of just do what they're told in a lot of ways but you know they they have they have to keep up the facade of the man works with vision and wanda i feel like there's you know for the most part wanda has it together and she's the one that kind of actually has like her head on straight and vision's kind of all over the place you know so even though they're in these roles of he's the head of the house and he works and she cooks and everything she's still kind of the more powerful of the two or still kind of calls the shots um we cut to one of two commercials that we see just random commercials and this one is for stock industries toaster this does a few few things one it reminds us that the universe is a greater marvel universe and you know this would be howard stock at this point creating uh, different uh, uh, technology but also we see a red dot of color this is the first time we yeah. see color in this episode and again in hindsight this is slow reveals of Maybe something is happening. Something is coming through. I don't know. But also, Stark has an interesting connection to Wanda. Uh, in, in Age of Ultron, we're told that Stark missiles are what killed her parents. 
and an unexploded stock missile almost killed her. Stuck. Exactly. <laughs> so there, there's there's connections to Stark in that sense. And um, when the hearts arrive at the house, Vision does his best to cover up the misunderstanding. And I love the little touch of the Sokovian. <laughs> He's like, this is also, Sokovian the tradition. misunderstanding was <laughs> Just like how the whole thing happened, like the heart on the calendar. Yes, it's yeah. an abbreviation. <laughs> it's like, why would you abbreviate? <laughs> right. <laughs> In that one, it's very That's hard. so true, though. <laughs> like, why would you need to abbreviate anything? You're both like super geniuses, and you're putting heart emojis. And 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 it's heart without the e, so it's even shorter. So you can just like yeah, exactly. So you really <laughs> need to abbreviate it's like you're trying so hard to be human that you don't make sense. But that, again, that's another trope, right? The miscommunication trope in, in these sitcoms. Like, oh, I thought, and you thought, oh, we're silly. You know, <laughs> so how they played that off. And I loved how she was in a sexy gown in the 50s. I was just like, that's not even. That's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's cool. Your grandmother wears that, you know. That's like a nice dress. That's like, <laughs> like what? you're going to a gala. She was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, you're not revealing anything. All right. Let me cover up my cover like, up. Seen it. <laughs> right. Her Avengers costume is more revealing. Okay. <laughs> She's wearing a fucking corset the entire time. <laughs> right. Shit, basically. But I, I love saw that. more when she was, you know, blowing shit up in Africa. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and Ray, we touched on it, right? Like the, the trope of, uh, of, 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 uh, there's a secret, someone with secret powers, or there's an alien, or whatever. You have to hide it. That plays more in episode two, but I wanted to touch on the idea that I like that Vision has to constantly change his face from his Vision face to his human face, or his Paul Bettany face. Paul Bettany looks weird in black and white. Right, he does. <laughs> He's a strange looking guy in black and white. I don't think it's his colors. You know, the grayscale isn't working. Right. Um, it's only made for our time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We but, get. Yeah. <laughs> He's only made. I don't know if he'd be a heartthrob in the fifties. <laughs> I don't know if little ladies would be like, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just too, too like much prosthetics. He's a good villain for the. He is a good villain. He was, he was great in uh, in uh, in uh, Solo as the villain. I liked him. He just needed to do more. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing scary. Looks like he has yeah, more yeah. of a villainous face for right. black and white. Um. Oh, da, da, da. Yeah, like I mentioned the when he did the cover up with, oh, that's a Sokovian type greeting. That's a first clue or first reminder that she is Sokovian. She's not American, even though in this show it's like she's American because she's portraying that accent. Um, Wanda does her best to make dinner after a little mistake. And then um, Mr. Hart starts to kind of uh, uh, push and like, what's going on here? What do you do? What do you do? Asking all these questions. And did you guys catch the, the little Easter egg with a wine bottle that had a uh, uh, Maison de Mepris? Maison de Mabri. Maison yeah, means Maison means house. House of Mabri. House of oh. M. Uh, uh. And there's even a big <laughs> M on the bottle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Again, the show's doing a lot of little things like that. Again, it's just like, mm-hmm. like gotta be doing it. Any kind of illusion, there's there's little kind of there's little kind of uh, uh, Easter eggs and secrets that kind of reveal the illusion if you know where to look. Um Mr. Hart continues to press his questions. He starts to choke and you get this really weird, creepy moment. Raven, I love this moment though, with 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 uh, Mrs. Hart just like, ha 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 ha, stop, stop it. Or, what was she saying exactly? Was it stop it or yeah, just to say stop it, stop it, yeah, stop it. Which I also was thinking to myself, 
not a very good form of CPR. You just keep saying <laughs> stop it and hope they figure it out. I was like, wow, they really didn't have a better technique in the 50s. Stop it. Right. <laughs> stop. There is no what did Bossing say? That's what it reminds me of. Judy. Oh, Judy. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. For, Judy. for you lost, lost Eva and the fans, that yeah. did remind me of that. And Raven actually Bossing. had a good point. I'm going to get into that uh, in a bit later, but you hit a good point right there. Uh, Mike, but I want to ask you a question first. Firstly, how great was it to see Deborah Jo Rupp in this show? I was like, 70 show back. mom! I know. <laughs> I was going to say, I love her so much. She's she's appropriate for, you know, which in, in our in our sense is actually a period piece. 70s is a period, you know. And she played that where I watched that 70s show from beginning to end uh, as it was happening. Um, she was definitely one of my favorite characters. And to see her again in this, I'm like, perfect. Oh my God, typecast, amazing. As soon as she and walked she in the door, I was like, yes! Kitty's here again. Yes. Right. So, well done. And she is like on it from beginning to end as soon as she enters. I'm like, you, exactly what we wanted to see. I felt like she um, made the episode for me. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. she was, she was the perfect. highlight. But did you notice that, that it seems that Wanda made Mr. Hart choke? And then on top of that, because, you know, as he's asking the questions and pressing the questions, she looks at him and kind of blinks and he starts to choke. And then on top of that, when Mrs. Hart is saying, stop it, stop it, she then turns and looks at Wanda and says, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then Wanda tells Vision, save him, and then Vision does it. So they begs the question. I feel like Wanda's in control of things. Or some level. What does that say? Is that she, at least the environment is affected by her. You know, at bare minimum. She has some type of effect on the world around her. I, I didn't catch the fact that she turned and looked at Wanda and said, stop it, and mm-hmm. started repeating that. Because that, that would make sense going in, you know, sorry, jumping ahead a little bit into an episode, in the second episode, when someone asked Wanda, like, who are you? And she looks terrified. And it mm-hmm. seems like everyone is kind of afraid of Wanda without mm-hmm. really knowing why. Mm-hmm. And this is the first hint. And I didn't check that. Wow. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of like the Truman Show, you know, in the Truman Show where it's a constant operation to keep this man, you know, not knowing where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, send in, you know, send in the extras, send in the neighbors, mm-hmm. send in this person, you know, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. to like distract from, mm-hmm. you know, the main and he didn't have superpowers, you know, so I love I love kind of the um, what do you call it the uh, ode to kind of the Truman Show in that moment. Yeah, um, keeping the secret. But I do, yeah, but I do feel like certain characters within this illusion do know what's mm. going on. Yeah, like, that's you know, true. The, like Part the of character it. of, um, was it uh, Mary Jo Rupp? What's, mm. what's her character's name? The woman. Oh, Mrs. Hart. The wife, Mrs. Hart. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Mrs. Hart definitely and like Agnes seem to know something. But oh, Agnes definitely knows something. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think like Monica Rambo knows anything. Yeah, I think, I think again, there's an episode, Raven, you're a fan of Twilight Zone. There's, I forget the name of this episode of Twilight Zone where this kid is this powerful kid and all the grown-ups have to make the kid happy unless the kid's going to punish them with his powers. And I think there's some element of that where, unlike Truman's show, where it's like, yes, they're keeping this this facade, I think there's a level of fear. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, like, if yeah. we don't do it, we're scared of her. You know, we're yeah. scared of what she's going to do to us or so, on some level. And, 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 and again, we'll go into this in the, in the second episode more. Um, but the end of this episode ends with us kind of also, again, pulling back behind the curtain, right? Pull out of camera. It ends like a TV show ending, but we see a mysterious figure watching this 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 show. And where the show has been uh, using the, the four by three aspect ratio, this switches to 16 by nine in this moment. 
And, and I love that. It's so subtle. Right? So subtle. It's something that you don't notice. I only noticed in going back and, mm-hmm. and watching it again that the aspect ratio is off. But you instantly feel like I'm watching a 1950s sitcom. You just mm-hmm. accept it and move on. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you analyze. Like, I really didn't pay attention to the bars on the TV at all. Yeah. And but that's a good thing. You're, again, you're immersed like, in it. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love that. It's such a small thing. But it's it's the little things that make it important when mm. you are doing time or error jumps, you know? Mm. I agree. I agree. Um, in this, in this moment though, many of you won't notice if you're not crazy avid comic book fans, um, on the notepad, the guy has a, a logo with a circle and a sword and sword is a, is a group in the Marvel comics who are kind of like in conjunction or under the same umbrella as shield, right? So you have shield, you have sword. And in the comics, first uh, Sword first appeared in the comics in 2004 in Astonishing X-Men, a comic written by Joss Whedon. And in the comics, it stands for, because it's an abbreviation, it stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. And they would, they would uh, operate on an orbital space station known as the Peak, and they would monitor the cosmos to do their best to neutralize extraterrestrial threats. So whereas S.H.I.E.L.D. would deal with things that are on Earth, Sword would stop things from getting to Earth in the first place. Right, but uh, from 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 certain toy leaks and things like that, we found out that in the MCU, it doesn't mean sentient world observation and response. It means sentient sentient weapon observation and response. So this makes me start thinking: Is this connected to the Sokovia Accords? Because sentient weapon, human weapons. See, that's the thing. That's also why I feel like, although she's in some type of trance, I feel like it's like a 50-50. I feel like she's in control. Of certain aspects of her world. And that's the end of our analysis of the first episode of WandaVision. Tune in and listen to our second episode, which should be up right now. Give us your thoughts on the first episode. Find us on social media at The Nerdy Bunch. Thanks guys for listening. And as always, keep it nerdy. Peace.